0: What's up? Welcome back to the State of the Ark Podcast. My name is Mike. My name is Kason This is the final episode of our Silent Hill 2 yep. analysis. And uh, for this episode, we're going to be going through endings, um, which there are six endings total. Two of them are complete joke endings, so not much to talk about there. But we'll be going through endings. We'll be going through... Um, Kind of the what I think are the two most well-written sequences, which are the final letter from Mary and oh, then that it. that scene where Mary and or um, where, where James sort of talks to her at her bedside. I love both of those scenes. We're gonna be doing those. Um, well, I I actually finally watched Jacob's Ladder, and it was <clears throat> yeah, me too. Perhaps the best movie I've ever seen in my life. It
1: was incredible. <laughs> Yeah, that that movie took me by surprise because it's like, oh, you don't have to read it or you don't have to watch the movie, you'll still get most of it. Like, yeah. I consider that movie to be essential, whether you play Silent Hill two or not. Actually, yeah. <laughs> like just watch the just movie. Just watch the movie, even if you aren't into this stuff. Like that, that was quite an experience, and but it did illuminate a lot of things, illuminate a lot of things for me um, within Silent Hill. So we're going to get into that. Yep. Um, it it that movie is the prime reason why I think. That it all took place. That it's all in in his head, yeah. Um, That's what I got right now.
0: Okay. Yeah, it was really good. Uh, Everybody should watch it. Everyone should watch it. Regardless of your attachment to Silent Hill 2. Maybe if you're
1: really young, you shouldn't watch it. Yeah, I mean, it's rated (laughs) R
0: for a reason, so. Okay, so uh, yeah, we watched the movie. We'll talk about that a little bit. And then, of course, the Born from a Wish uh, sub-scenario with Maria. Yeah. Kind of talking about her origins, how she came to be. Um, so that's the plan for today. Uh, we're also going to go over some questions that were, uh, submitted to us from, uh, our patrons. Um, and, and not just questions, but also, yeah. um, answers. Well, <laughs> their answers to, <laughs> to or their thoughts on certain, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's certain good. things in the game. So let me just get down to the right place. And, um, we
1: probably won't do a full treatment on like all of Jacob's ladder as though, like what we did for Nausicaa and stuff. Um, but maybe we should at a future podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> maybe I th- later I think, on I think we can do a, a full hour and a half on just that yeah. movie. I would love to.
0: I think it's pretty much, uh, we pr- we're almost obligated to at this it, point. We kind <laughs> of have to, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be voted on uh, <laughs> on, so. on Patreon. For those of you who, who aren't aware of this, we do an extra podcast, one per month for specifically Patreon. It does yeah. eventually become public, but it's yes, several months, months after the fact. Right, yeah. But on Patreon, you can vote on movies and different things that may not be like the perfect material for the public podcast yeah. uh, where we do extra kind of deep dives. We're going to... For instance... Not next week, but the week after we're going to be recording our analysis of Pan's Labyrinth. Pan's Labyrinth, yeah. yeah. Which is one of Cason's favorite movies. Well, it's mine too, it but, but yeah, in particular one of Cason's favorite movies. Yeah. Um So anyway... I think that Jacob's ladder is going to very soon, probably be one of the ones we do there now. Good. Uh, let's, uh, let's jump into this here. So we left off pretty much right as you go Just into right the endings, the, end. the final boss and, uh, yeah. endings. So you said that you watched all the endings. Yes. I have, so you, I have now
1: familiarized myself with all of the endings. Um,
0: yeah, there's
1: one of the endings that apparently changes the f- boss fight. Yes, um, yes. Yeah, and I, I, that was fascinating. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I saw, I saw all the ones that we talked about. So, okay. Interesting Um, stuff.
0: Before we actually break them down, did you have a favorite? Did you have one that you felt fit best for the story? Or do you feel like, you know, they all kind of have their place?
1: Well, uh, that's a good question. Um, The walk away ending seemed the best for me. Um, It seemed the most positive of. The potential endings, right? And it seemed the most um the most like uh somebody accepting their life and moving on. Yeah, sure. Um although is Laura there? Laura's like there, right? I think she's running around. Yeah, she's she's walking out of the I don't know why she's there. (laughs) I assumed it would just be us and that uh not Laura. Uh but apparently she's there as well with us. We leave through the graveyard with her, I think. Yep. Um, I don't know that that's interesting. I don't really know what to make of it, but that was probably my favorite one. Cause the other ones. So there is the one where you go back with Maria. Yes. <laughs> no, thanks. I'm like, not, not a fan not, of that. Not one. <laughs> good. Um, there's the one, and I didn't know what was happening. I actually had to look into some analysis on this when he puts her in the boat and rows away. Yes to like an island.
0: Yes, that's the, the rebirth ending. I, yes. That one is really interesting. Well, I just watched it, but I did get some, uh, I did
1: look into some commentary on what's happening there. Yes. And it sounds like he's going to a cult to resurrect her dead body. That's correct. That's crazy. Yes. <laughs> so no thanks to that ending either. <laughs> um, so I think the walk away one was just the best one. Like, yeah. What do you think?
0: So um, I I like in water quite a bit. Um, where he dies. Yes. Uh, that one makes sense. I think I that, don't
1: love it, but it makes sense.
0: Yes. Uh, well, either that one yeah. or leave. I definitely am not a fan of Maria, though there is a specific line, which we'll get into here, that he In says that to her that just like, it, it has a lot of impact. <laughs> like, okay. I really, really like it. Yeah. Um, but I don't love the idea of him going off with Maria at the end of the game. Living in his and, delusions. And, 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 yeah, yeah, for that reason. But um, I think they're all pretty fascinating. Um, but I do like that Rebirth, it has sort of like the occult roots of Silent Hill 1 yeah. present. Because oh, okay. otherwise okay. this game could be interpreted just exclusively that it's all in his mind. Right, and that there
1: is no occult. That there's See, no occult. I never played the first
0: game, Right, so... So the
1: resurrection thing came as a surprise. Yeah. Um, so that's interesting. So the first game had more um, occult or monstrous kind of like. Yes, nineties.
0: like, like, like huh. Silent Hill was a town that had a, a, a very occult history, um, which uh, is somewhat hmm. hinted at here with the, the executioners and stuff I, like some that. Some of that. Yeah, but yeah, there was some culty it, stuff going on. It was a lot more obvious in Silent Hill 1. And okay. so there so what this opens the door for for example is that he's not just having some delusion in his mind regarding Maria but okay. that Maria through some kind of occult power became a physical being in Silent oh, Hill geez. but it was drawn from his idealistic you know what i mean Okay i do so, see what you mean See yeah. had i played the first one
1: that would have that would have greatly changed my perceptions on this game cuz yeah. i'm like oh the monsters are all the shadow i I would not have assumed the monsters were actually there, but yeah. if I did play the first game, I would have an understanding, I think, that, yeah, there are actually monsters in this town. Yeah. I just thought they were all just dissonance right. and difficult things he's getting past.
0: I like to think of it that way anyways, yeah. that, it, that it is that, which is why mm-hmm. I like Silent Hill 2 and Silent Hill Shattered Memories, for instance, oh, right, yeah. which is like a reimagining of the first game, but with more of that psychological focus than the yeah. occult focus, hmm, cool. which is why I like it better than just the original Silent Hill mm-hmm. one. And that's kind of a controversial opinion, actually. But okay. um, Bring it on. That's why I like those two games in the series the best. And I like a little bit less some of the others that are, they, they, they I guess, are more overtly um, occult, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's actual supernatural stuff going on. So, but yeah. but either way like I, I what I like about this ending is that it, it allows that interpretation of the story to that there is some actual supernatural occult stuff going on yeah but the other endings can lead into more like what we've been talking about which is right. where it's more in his mind right so I like that the options are there to kind of like people theorize how they want which is kind of cool um, that's cool interpret it how you want uh of course then the 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 joke endings are kind of a ongoing thing in the series there's there's always kind of a UFO a sort UFO of ending one. where yeah, aliens course. come <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> and like abduct the character. um and I liked how in this one specifically, they have Harry Mason, who is the protagonist from the first game oh, in his p s one like blocky oh. character model comes and meets yeah, yeah. James Sunderland <laughs> his p s two model, <laughs> which is a really funny. And then, of course, the dog ending where the dog's like controlling everything Wizard of Oz style behind the scenes. You know what I mean? So So,
1: like, what what do you have to do to get those endings, though? It's got to be pretty specific. I
0: have a whole page on that that I'm going to pull up and we'll go all over that. Okay, cool. Um, Okay, so let's see. What should we start off with first? Let's start off with just um, those last two scenes. So um, in any ending other than um, dog or, you know, the joke endings, Mm -hmm. you're gonna have a scene where James is at his wife's bedside and uh, he's sort of like talking to her, asking for her forgiveness, that sort of thing. And we we touched on this very very briefly in the last episode, but this obviously isn't the real Mary he's talking to. This is still kind of in his mind. He's still seeking forgiveness. He's more just Mm -hmm. like dealing with his guilt here. I think that's more Mm -hmm. of a metaphor what's going on. Um, what notes do you have, uh, for this scene that we didn't well, go over last I just time?
1: have, I just have the general, I just copied down a lot of the, uh, the article, like the, uh, the dialogues. Oh yeah. So. Cause it's really good. It's really good. And I actually put down that, um, I should, I should, uh, read the script. <laughs> yeah. We might, we might as well here, just do that. And yeah. then I, I closed the tab, I guess. So I don't really have that anymore. Um. Then we see ourselves at Mary's bedside and apologize. Um, she says she wanted to die for the pain to end. And yep. James says, I hated you. I wanted you out of the way. I wanted my life back. And he, he holds Mary's hand to his face, which is what Maria had always done. And I, I thought that was a really nice touch. I really liked that. Um, but then she coughs and tells him to go on with his life. And then yep. she dies. But it's like, obviously, that's not how she died. <laughs> right. Uh, but, you know, he's trying to, in his own ways, trying to come to acceptance for, for the situation he's in. So, um, yeah, it's while touching his face that she dies, which is just how Maria always did. Um, So I thought that was really good. Uh, But Mary also, in the ending that I had, um, she says, you know, you got the little letter, kind of some text on the screen. And she's talking, saying, I've done a terrible thing to you that you'll never forgive me for. I wish I could change that. Uh, But, James, you know, you made me happy. Yeah. Now, that's really good it's it's fantastical possibly it's a little idealistic but it's plausible like i don't know what the the true ending of the game ought to be or not sure and i don't know if there is is there like a canon i think
0: they've actually said something along the lines like most of them are canon or all of them are in a certain way (laughs) it's not it's not there's not one that is favored to be the absolute like this is the one for sure i think they're trying to they're trying to leave it up for you to choose i think
1: well that makes sense um we get just some really good dialogue that it's just weird thinking is this real or not (laughs) right like the whole time Mm -hmm. um but the dialogue's beautiful it's great um and then we get him walking away through the cemetery um and the the big thing that i want to point out here is that as the credits roll at the very end of the whole game um it's him looking into the mirror Yep, and you see scenes from the game
0: in the mirror. Yep, I like that
1: a lot. That was really good, and once again, like once again, just making me think this this is all happening in his mind as he's confronting himself in the mirror. Yeah, that's that's what I got right
0: now. Yeah, Um, and it plays different music for each ending too. There's like a different ending theme. I'm not sure. I mean, I, I kind of looked into it, but I, I couldn't really find like, you know, if there was a, like a, a real strong intention with that mm-hmm. and if each one sort of represented. Wait a second. The differently. I but, just realized something.
1: Did he adopt Laura? Is that why he and Laura are walking through the Yeah, the, in the
0: leave ending, I think that that is strongly implied that he could mm-hmm. be doing that, that he could uh, maybe try to make up for what he did by. Because
1: she was going to adopt her.
0: Yes, but I don't know why Laura would accept him as a father. I don't either. Point. And and that's gen- the part that I little, you know, yeah. about, but. That's a good point, actually.
1: That's a good point. Uh, also, um, the it's not easy to adopt people. No. <laughs> and uh, if you're like, you know, a single man adopting a young girl, it, it would be probably, it, you'd have to jump through a lot of hoops to make that to official. Yeah, yeah.
0: There's, there's not a, a perfect sort of like conclusion for that. But I think that that's. At least implied as a possibility. Okay.
1: There. I didn't even, it just kind of jumped into my mind now. That yeah. That's, that could be what that's saying.
0: Yeah. That he, he goes off to do that as sort of a way to make it up to Mary or sure. something like that. right? Because it's what she would have wanted. <clears throat> anyway. Um, so for my note, I just took down a lot of the dialogue. Okay. She says, James. He says, forgive me. And I like that they included the line, I told you I wanted to die, James. I wanted to end the pain. Because it made me think, did she really yeah. say that? Or did he use th- that as an excuse?
1: Well, both, both. Yeah. Could be bo- a I little both. I think involved. she really probably said it. But when people say that, I yeah. mean, you you, you, you would do well to exercise some uh, restraint or caution. Sure. And who knows? Maybe she'd been saying it four, three years straight. I don't yeah. know. But I, th- I think for sure she said it. And then um, it's maybe not for sure that that's what she actually wanted.
0: Yeah. Well, it's like you could see it as she she said this maybe even in moments where the pain was the most intense or where she was she was uh, yes, you know. Yes, of course. And, and he used that as his excuse. Yeah. That's what it comes across to me, right? Because she says, I told you I wanted to die, James. I wanted the pain to end. I can see this both as being something she truly did say, but also something his mind right now is still using to try to rationalize and not quite fully accept. And he has to stop himself and go, because at first his response is, that's why I did it, honey. I just couldn't watch you suffer. Then there's a beat as he really thinks about that. And he says, no, that's not the whole truth. Right. Right. The truth is I hated you, right? Right. Yeah. You also said that you didn't want to die. So she said both things. I'm sure, yes. The truth is part of me hated you for taking my life away. Yeah. Yeah. So um, there is a little bit of difference, I think, right around here, where in one of the endings he he more strongly says, I hated you. Like I really hated you for taking my life away. Mm. Maybe that's if I'm misremembering, you know, someone will let me know, but Mm. maybe that's more, um, the Maria kind of ending. Right. Uh, but in this one, at least, which was in water, I think when I took the note, um, it's, it's again, trying, I think, to build some context around how difficult it is as a caretaker of someone you love to watch them suffer. Mm. Um, but also, to feel like you don't have a life, you don't you, something's taken away from the caretaker, yeah, yeah. And, and, of, and of course the guilt that comes with that when you know the person suffering from the illness, the terminal illness, is the one who's really, really suffering. Right? They're they're suffering right. more than you, but there is still a a lot uh, that 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 comes along with being a caretaker and having to deal with that. And so I feel like they're trying to make it that they're. I think I, hopefully that the audience is is taking that and not just saying uh, James is a horrible person, right? Because James yeah. isn't a horrible person. I think I want to like really emphasize that. I don't believe he is. The point is it doesn't, you don't have to be a horrible person to do something horrible. Right, sure. I don't think you can really divide people into good and bad people. Life is not black and white in that way, right? There's like a spectrum of brokenness on which people find themselves. <laughs> and and the more broken you are, I think the, the easier it is to justify horrible acts. Yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah. And that you need to be careful about that and you need to work on yourself and you need to try to put those pieces back together rather than uh, running away from those things or trying to avoid dealing with them or, in- mm-hmm. or internalizing them or finding resolution to them just because they're painful. I yeah. think that's really... Kind of the spirit of what's what's uh being said here um not we're not meant to condemn james we're meant to see that we ourselves are just as capable of doing something like that if we're not careful to look at ourselves in the mirror
1: i think that's possibly what it's saying yeah, yeah. sure or at least um ahead of time yeah look at yourself in the mirror
0: before you do before something
1: horrible instead of after yeah um but yeah that's true. And and it's about like knowing knowing yourself. Right? Yes. Know thyself. Know thyself. Yeah. And because you may not think yourself capable of it until it happens. And then it's like, oh, I guess I was. Yeah, too late. Like, yeah. You, maybe you should have spent some time um, right. getting to know yourself a little bit better instead of thinking that you're this high, pure, you know, never do wrong, you know, not, definitely not monster sure. person. Yes. Um, and then, you know, your whole your whole world would break when you find out the hard way what you really are.
0: Absolutely. So, um... I think you more or less covered the other things I was going to talk about in terms of that scene. But that's okay. what I really feel like is going on there is he's, he's realizing too late that he, he took too long to look himself in the mirror. He did something horrible even though he didn't, he, he never meant to be a bad person. It just, it overwhelmed him and it, he, he let it go on too long before he did the process of what he ended up doing in this game, which is looking himself in the mirror. Right. Um, but she says, go on with your life at the end. She hands him a note. And uh, I wanna read this note, because this is just, I mean, just phenomenally well-written. Um, I, I think there's a lot of people who, re- when, they, when they see this part of the game, the actress who played Mary and Maria, she says that she, she like burst into tears on the first reading of this, mm. and that they did several other takes after but that they kept the first one. Oh, because really? Because it was That's so emotional. Oh, no way. Um, it, it, like, embodied the emotion that they were going for, and, and she was so raw in that reading of it. Um, and a lot of other people say, you know, they, they have a hard time getting through this letter without, you know, getting teary-eyed as well. It's,
1: it was, yeah, it's very powerful. It's very emotional. Like, yeah. there's this line here. um, Thanks to the Discord poster who put this on here. Let me see who um, it is. Where James says, you know, I hated you. Mix. A Mix, thank you. Uh, he says, I hated you. I wanted my life back, right? And then Mary says, James, if that were true, then why do you look so sad?
0: Yeah. Yep. That it's like really good. I,
1: maybe, maybe he wanted his life back, but not as much as he just wants her back. Yes. The old her. Yes. You know, the, yes. Because when he says, I want my life back, it doesn't mean me alone without you. It yes. means me and you. living without this you know illness and all that right
0: yes that's i think that's very true Mm -hmm. so here is the whoops the letter in my restless dreams i see that town silent hill you promised you'd take me there again someday but you never did well i'm alone there now in our special place waiting for you waiting for you to come to see me but you never do so that was what he had in his letter at the beginning just that portion of it yep now i saw someone speculating on this and i thought it was really interesting because he didn't actually have this letter which is indicated by the fact that as you after you kill eddie and you go to the hotel um there's nothing on the note anymore the 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 words are gone it's blank right so he never actually received this letter from her so how does he know the exact wording of like the beginning of essentially this note that he never received? And um, I saw somebody, uh, you know, of course this is a little bit of the audience writing the story for the (laughs) the developer. So I'm not saying this is, you know, take this as anything other than interesting theorizing, but maybe kind of in those final days she had written this letter to him, right? Knowing that her time was coming and it could have been sitting on a desk because they do mention that she was going to be released from the hospital she says here mm. right for a few days and that she was worried he didn't want her around because she was nervous to go see him again because of how mm. you know uh, snarky and, and rude yeah. she had been to him during this time yeah. so maybe it's a possibility that uh that he had maybe just seen it sitting on the desk or something like that, just peeking mm. out, maybe just the first few lines, and it seemed uh, that part of it, but never read the whole letter, okay, and right. then never ended up perceiving it, because then at that point, he killed her at some point shortly mm-hmm. after. So Maybe that's how he knew the very beginning of it, but uh, never ended up finishing the whole note, and now we're getting the entire thing. In. So I thought that was an interesting theory. but yeah. Uh, so that was the beginning. Then it says, Waiting for you, waiting for you to come and see me but you never do. And so I wait wrapped in my cocoon of pain and loneliness. I know I've done a terrible thing to you, something you'll never forgive me for. I wish I could change that, but I can't. I feel so pathetic and ugly laying here waiting for you every day. I stare up at the cracks in the ceiling and all I can think about is how unfair it all is. The doctor came today. He told me I could go home for a short stay. It's not that I'm getting better. It's just that this may be our last chance. I think you know what I mean. Even so, I'm glad to be coming home. I've missed you terribly, but I'm afraid, James. I'm afraid you don't really want me to come home. Whenever you come to see me, I can tell how hard it is on you. I don't know if you hate me or pity me, or maybe I just disgust you. I'm sorry about that. When I first learned that I was going to die, I just didn't want to accept it. I was so angry all the time, and I struck out at everyone I loved most, especially you, James. That's why I understand if you do hate me. But I want you to know this, James. I've always, or I'll always love you. Even though our life together had to end like this, I still wouldn't trade it for the world. We had some wonderful years together. Well, this letter has gone on too long, so I'll say goodbye. I told the nurse to give this to you after I'm gone. That means that as you read this, I'm already dead. I can't tell you to remember me, but I I can't bear for you to forget me. I really like that one. That one got me. I can't tell you to remember me because of how hard I made it for you at the end, but I can't bear for you to forget me. It's tough. These last few years since I've become ill, I'm so sorry for what I did to you and did to us. You've given me so much. And I haven't been able to return a single thing. That's why I want you to live for yourself now. Do what's best for you, James. James, you made me happy. Now, this beautiful, is. Beautiful, beautiful. It's especially tough knowing what he was about to do to her. And she's saying all these wonderful yeah. things about all that he did and how sorry she was and all these things that he didn't get to hear. I think if yeah. he had heard that, he wouldn't right. have done it. I think,
1: oh, I think I, I, I'm i for sure. Yeah, that's positive.
0: And the fact that she felt this way and yet he does it, it's just, yeah. it's just so heart-wrenchingly unfortunate that she could not have expressed this before it happened, right? Yeah. That's really the tragedy of it because he really is a sweet and kind and good person, but he got... He didn't get pushed. He allowed himself sure. to go over yes, the edge. Right. I don't yeah. want to make any excuse for what he did. He, right, there right. is no excuse for it. He allowed himself to go over the edge, and I think she could have pulled him back had she said this just a little earlier. Yeah. And thats it's just so hard <laughs> to know that that was in her heart, what she was feeling and going through, and it's so much easier to understand why someone treated you that way when you when you see that part of their heart but he didn't get to see it in time. Yeah. And it's, it's tough. It's, it's a tough thing to read. It's really, really sad, yeah. <laughs> really tragic, um, and really beautifully written. I just think it's amazing.
1: And the, the actress delivered the line very oh, it's well. so perfectly. And it was, yeah, it was very touching. Um, I remember as well at the very end, I'm reminded as you read that last part, where she says, uh, "Live for yourself." Yes, it's almost like this is this is Metal Gear Solid type mm, <laughs> territory sure. here. So that that those last few sentences there is her being like, "Live, live, Snake, go and um, live for yourself." Isn't a very good sentence, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, everything else she said was great. So that's perfect. Um, and yeah, it's it's so interesting for somebody for people who found such meaning together. Um, to then tell somebody to, to just live for themselves at that point. It's like, you, but at the same time, I know this is the most awkward thing when like, if there's like sp- spouses, I remember. So, um, I know somebody who his wife passed away. Um, and she, before she died was telling him, Hey, you, cause they had a few kids, um, said, Hey, you're going to have to m- get married to another girl soon. As soon as I die. Now, most, yeah. most, um people have a hard time saying that to their significant other. They want to, don't marry anyone else, I'm the only one, you know. Um, But she knew that he couldn't raise, they had like five kids. Like, you can't do this alone. Like, you better, when I'm gone, you better remarry as quick as you can. Like, find a girl and get married again. Um, It would be a little strange for her, especially since it didn't seem like these two had any kids or anything like that. Um, It would be awkward to say that, and certainly less romantic. Um, But uh, that I don't know the the way that it kind of ended with those lines didn't do much for me, but the rest of the the rest of the script was just beautiful.
0: Yeah, and you know I guess the way I kind of saw that line that live for yourself is not so much like a go live alone and only care about yourself the rest of your life as much mm-hmm. as a don't live for me, don't live your life sure. like uh, centered around sacrificing for me like give give yourself a chance to you know take care of yourself now kind of a thing and um anyway uh, i i just saw this uh note here from uh from mix again he could have received the letter after he killed her too which would definitely have made him catatonic yeah imagine that's absolutely true imagine doing that and then seeing the letter being just that that could send you into like a psychosis. Oh, for sure, absolutely. <laughs> of where you're like you and don't even know you, it's real you anymore. Walk out of the room and you're just like <laughs> just go walk into Silent Hill and try to like punish yourself. Yes, you know that, that would do it. That, that certainly would do it. that certainly could have done it. My um, gosh. So anyway, um, beautiful stuff. Uh, let's get into the endings a little bit here and some of the requirements for them. Kay. So the main endings. The um, first one is leave. And I think this is the one that's the easiest to get. Like it's or, or I should say it's it's the hard. it's harder to get the others. You have to do very specific things to get them. Okay. Um and you ha- like, you know, there's sort of a point system where it's like it, it adds points into this or that ending the more you do things that are required mm-hmm. for that. But you kind of start out at the beginning with points assigned into each. And so the leave ending has five points assigned to it from the start. Oh. The Maria ending has three points assigned into it from the start and the in water has two. Oh, so right. it's the easiest to get leave because it has the most points
1: sure.
0: at the start of the game already assigned to it. Um, so the leave ending, to receive this ending, James must act as if he wants to survive and complete his journey while not showing too much focus or attention on Maria uh, or the memory of Mary. This is the most likely ending you will receive uh, or you will achieve by playing the game normally or with a, a quick speed run. So you do need to recover your health as soon as it drops, or in or and or in excess of two hundred percent HP in total. So, and if you take damage, you're concerned about healing yeah. again, right? Um, listen to the entire sickbed conversation of Marion James in the hallway before the final boss. I
1: think you mentioned some of that. Yeah, you could cut right. it short. Yeah.
0: You could cut it short if you wanted to. That's kind of one of the keys to getting the Maria ending is doing that. Oh, really? So what you do not do here is go east after meeting Maria in the Rosewater Park and have her remind you uh, the way to the hotel. So she says, oh, you should probably head this way, which is mm. west, I think, um, towards this hotel. That's where that's okay. where that... Um, she she mentions something about that's where you used to stay or whatever. Something she shouldn't have known, right? I can't remember the specifics. But if yeah. you then turn and go the opposite way, away from that place, um, that will actually impact not getting leave. So you'll have uh, that'll okay. take points out of leave if you do that. Mm. So to avoid the Maria ending you need to examine Mary's photo and or letter at least twice. So go okay. into the menu and look at her picture Oh, and look at it or look at the, mm. the letter that she gave you. Right. At least twice. Do not spend too much time with Maria uh, or bump into her as often as you oh, can. So no like way. physically run into her. Right. <laughs> that takes points out of Maria to do that. <laughs>
1: oh, that's funny. Huh?
0: Um, go on Nathan Avenue instead of chasing Laura and have Maria remind you. So, when Laura runs to the hospital, I think mm. if you like spend a lot of time dilly dally and not going after her Maria has to be like, Hey, like go after Laura, right? Do not check back on Maria in the hospital room S3 and do not enter the cell with dead Maria in the labyrinth. So those are how, those are the things you do to avoid the Maria ending, which would give you a higher chance of getting mm. leave. Right. And then to avoid the in-water ending, again, giving you a higher chance of leave, do not keep your stamina in the red zone for too long. Do not examine Angela's knife. Do not read the suicidal diary on the hospital rooftop. And do not read the new message to James on the wall of Neely's bar after the hospital. Hmm. So the credit song that they use for the leave ending is Overdose Delusion. Um, and then, like, like we're saying, you have that graveyard as yeah. Mary reads her letter, right? And then at the end of that, uh, you see Laura kind of going back out of Silent Hill through that graveyard. This is where we found Angela on the way in. And uh, James is sort of follows her out. It kind of looks like they almost come together and leave.
1: Yeah, I couldn't actually tell. <clears throat> I couldn't actually yeah. tell um, if that's what happened, but.
0: Yeah. Okay, so for the Maria ending, uh, you will receive this ending if James shows a lot of attention and comfort towards Maria thus developing a bond with her instead of holding on to Mary's memory. So the things you want to do, spend 10 minutes or more near Maria, in proximity to Maria in, throughout okay. the playthrough. Be close to her, right? Mm. Uh, you want to try not to bump into her. So bump into Maria less than three times. Total. Oh, yeah, wow. So don't, Dang. like, run into her. <laughs> but be close. <laughs> yeah. uh, protect Maria from monster attacks. So when she's getting attacked, make sure that you don't let her take too much damage check back on Maria in the hospital room S3 and then try to re-enter the cell to see dead Maria in the labyrinth twice. So keep trying to check back on her, right? Uh, things you do not want to do to get the Maria ending. This is to avoid the, um, leave ending. So don't examine Mary's photo and or letter at least twice. Do not spend five minutes or more far from Maria out of proximity. Um, Attack, don't attack Maria, allowing her to take significant, significant damage. Do not bump into Maria 30 times or more. <laughs> <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and do not go on Nathan Avenue instead of chasing Laura and have Maria remind you. Uh, also, some more things to avoid the leave ending. Do not recover your health as soon as it drops or in excess of 200% uh, HP. Uh, do not go east. Uh, After meeting Maria, uh, we've already said that one. uh, And then do not listen to the entire sickbed conversation of Mary and James in the hallway. Uh, Already read all the stuff to avoid the in-water ending. So the Maria ending, um, credit song for that is called Promise. And there's a really, really good line in this one. Um in the Maria ending, you actually do find Maria instead of. Uh, you find Mary instead of Maria, right, w- for the final boss. And that's the one who you talk to.
1: Yeah, where she's in the bed, right?
0: Right. Um, uh, she confronts you about killing her. That's why you needed this Maria person. James, do you really think I could ever forgive you for what you did? And then she transforms into the freaking boss and fights you. Um, so you fight Mary instead of Maria as the final boss. And instead of the scene at Mary's bedside where she gives you the note, you meet Maria back where she first appeared in the game. And uh, she says, you killed Mary again. And he says, that wasn't Mary. Mary's gone. That was just something I, and then he asks Maria. Um, And then she says, what, James? And he says, I want you. I want you with me. And she says, are you sure? And he says, come on, let's get out of here. And she says, what about Mary? And he says, it's okay, I have you. And then Maria gives him a note, the, the note from Mary that reads at the end there. Mm-hmm. Now they leave the town together, so you see him kind of in that little parking lot, kind of where he started the game near the bathroom, the All filthy right. bathroom. But as they're walking away, Maria kind of starts to cough, like, like she has the same sickness that Mary did. Uh, and this, this line that James 14. utters in response is chilling to me. You'd better do something about that cough. It's not oh, oh we no. should, you know, we should get that checked out or, you know, you really you should go to a something. doctor and see yeah. something about. He says, "You'd better do something about that cough or else." Yes, or else. is I how really it came across you. to oh, me. And it was like, "Oh, dude, <laughs> I didn't
1: think of that the way that you just said it. Yeah, <laughs> you're, right. you're right. You're right because that's an if then or else statement, yeah. right? Like, oh man,
0: I, I was like, wow. That's
1: crazy. Because my thinking was, oh, he's reliving. It, this is like a, well, if only I had told her to check in on her cough back yes. when she first showed it. And if I was more interested in her, sure. then she would have discovered it earlier and all that Maybe, stuff. Maybe, sure. Um, but that's that's great. Well, it, wow. it's, <laughs> it's
0: in particular the you'd better you'd do better. something part. like. Yeah, or That's else. like ownership. That's yes. like, um, yeah, that's different. It's, it's very assertive and yes. and uh, yeah, it, it's it's Oof. it's menacing to me. It's messed up. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> so that's the uh, that's the uh, Maria ending. And then uh, in water, in the in water ending, he basically just collects her body after the scene at the Mary. bedside. Yeah, uh, you you mostly hear this. You don't see a lot. It kind of just goes black and and you hear a car just sort of like rushing into the lake, and yeah. and he sort of floats down. And, and so the, the letter is read kind of like as the camera is underwater, and there's just kind of like, you know, bubbles floating to the top. And so it's like he committed suicide, which I also like because I felt like they set this up kind of at different points, and in particular with that last scene with... Um, with Angela where she's mm, like, give me the knife back. Yeah. And he's like, no. And she's like, oh, you're gonna use it for yourself. And he says, no, I'd never kill I myself. Never. Yeah. I feel like there were certain points in the game where they sort of set up this idea that that's what he actually came there to do. Right. Yeah. And he was still in his denial phase, but like, that's really why he's here, which is why I think that ending mm. really works. Uh, that he could not overcome the guilt, the need to punish himself and what so he, and so he kills himself.
1: Narrative-wise, it it makes a ton of sense. Yeah, um, you want to have a happy ending for James, <laughs> so you just want a happy ending to the story, just in general. So sure. the, the leave ending is you know is that more yeah. desirable in my opinion? But that's a very real, a very natural um, ending to this type of a story yeah. would be that, yeah. and and it's deep and and impactful in its own yeah. way.
0: I feel like it really works. Um, yeah, I think it does. But of course, I think the others, uh, aside from... I don't like the Maria ending, but I love that line, <laughs> but I don't like that ending Yeah, otherwise. that line, my gosh. That's just like a, he didn't learn anything from this experience type of ending, to me. Well, he's a monster. Yeah.
1: That's it. That's true. He's he's just a monster.
0: Okay, so let's talk a little bit about Rebirth here. Okay. Which is a, a really interesting one. So y- you cannot... Oh, the credit song for the um, in-water ending is called Angels Thanatos. Ooh. The Eros Thanatos An- thing we've Angels been talking of death.
1: about. Death, right? right? Yep. There you
0: go. Um, okay, so the rebirth ending is one you can't get on a first playthrough. Um, you have to complete the game once to unlock the ability to collect four ceremonial items in a New Game Plus run. Okay. Uh, the required items are as follows. Now, this one in particular is going to be important for the born from a wish scenario, the white chrism. It, you can find it on the kitchenette counter in room 105 of Blue Creek Apartments. The Second thing you have to collect is a book of lost memories. It's in the newspaper stand at the Texan gas station in West South Vale. Can only be acquired at day or night. I, what? At day or night? Like I mean.
1: Not morning or evening?
0: I don't get it. <laughs> I don't really get it. Not dawn um, or dusk. Obsidian Goblet, uh, inside the Smash display case in the second exhibition room of the Silent Hill Historical Society. Mm. And then four, uh, a book called Crimson Ceremony. It's on the bookshelf opposite the window in the reading room of the Nightmare Hotel. So once all four items have been collected, complete the game normally by defeating the final two bosses and you will receive the rebirth ending. Note that if you collect and use the dog key on the third floor of the hotel, you will instead receive the dog ending regardless of having the items in your inventory. So
1: that is the Trump ending. It's like the, it trumps everything. Yes. That's hilarious.
0: If you get the dog key and use it, then you're not getting anything else. That's funny. Um, The credit song used in this one is the reverse will. Um, And this one, like Mm -hmm. we said, it kind of ties to some of the occult Sort of a history of Silent Hill, and in, in particular, yeah. more of the cult origins of the first game's storyline, <laughs> where he takes Mary's body with those items. He goes to a little, and and they say this even in uh, the born uh, born from a wish scenario. Yeah. Ernest, I think, says something like uh, the the gods yes. are still alive here, or something like yes, that. Something right? Something like that. Yeah. Um, now, when you had talked about the whole Lilith on the wall of the bathroom yes at the beginning i feel like you said well there's definitely some religious something tied in here yeah and i think it's a reference to the occult to the occult history of silent hill that and, does make sense so yeah.
1: that that particular emblem the lilith emblem for those of you who don't know who lilith is it's so a fascinating little story. So um, Adam and Eve were in the garden, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I believe Lilith was technically the first woman in the garden. Mm. That not not according to biblical. This is all uh, extra biblical. Yeah, yeah. Le- other other legends would say that Lilith was the first um, wife of Adam and that Lilith got kicked out of the garden early for being evil or something. And, and then Eve was made from Adam, but that initially God made um, Lilith to be with Adam. And then after kicking her out uh, and then I think she ends up coming back a little bit later on. But the idea is that this would be, this would, that Adam had like two wives, mm. he had Eve and Lilith, right? Gotcha. And that they were the two women made by God to be with Adam. Um, and that, you know, while Adam would choose Eve, um, there was like, there would be like an alternate, like woman. There's like an alternate possibility there, something sure. like that. Yeah. So that's who Lilith is. Okay. Um, it's a kind of a, I don't know, it's an interesting story, I think.
0: Well, and then in addition to this being called the rebirth ending, right? We're talking about uh, some kind of ritual yeah. surrounding fertility or birth. Or yeah, where it would be rebirth. fertility. Yeah, that's right. Um, so, anyways, he has these four ceremonial items. He goes to his very special place where the gods are still there. I think oh, he says yeah, I, something like the gods, he even says it in this, let me actually open it because I can't remember specifically what yeah. he says. Well, I will say also
1: that Lilith is considered... Uh, evil, more or less. Sure, yeah. Lilith is is considered, um, yeah, not the uh, legitimate wife of Adam, or at least not the one that the humans all come from. Um, And so Lilith will try to uh, seduce or persuade people um, to do evil, something like that.
0: Yeah, so I've got it here. What he says is, I cannot live without you, Mary, as he's Mm. rowing his boat towards this little island in the lake. Yeah. This town, Silent Hill, the old gods haven't left this place. So he's going there to perform the ceremony with the items, appeal to mm. the old gods,
1: okay, yeah. and
0: uh, bring her back to life. That makes sense. He's going to make an attempt to, uh, to resurrect her, basically, with some kind of a cult ceremony.
1: I do have a, I do have a little thing here that I just found. So there were three angels when when Lilith left the Garden of Eden. Three angels found Lilith in a cave bearing children, but Lilith refused to come back to the garden. The angels told her that they would kill 100 of her children every day for her disobedience. In revenge, she is said to rob children of life and is responsible for the deaths of stillborn infants and crib deaths or Oh, sins. wow. Maybe she's not... Um, I don't know. That <laughs> makes me question whether or not she was ever used in fertility stuff. She seems to be a, a demon of death.
0: Mm, yeah. Very interesting.
1: Very, very interesting.
0: Okay. So then the joke endings, I don't think we have to say too much about this. Uh, there's yeah, a dog really key really that you get uh, and you go into a certain room and it's it's Wizard of Oz like where the curtains revealed and there's a dog with a headset and a, at a control desk with uh, like... You Know video screens having watched and sort of yeah, orchestrated yeah. it all, it's just you know, it's just funny. And then the UFO ending we've kind of talked about too, but this is what I was talking about with the PS1 oh, yeah. model for Harry <laughs> Mason. And that he That's comes funny, with the yeah. aliens and they they abduct him, right? So, uh, those are all the endings. Um, maybe we should dive into Born from a Wish okay, let's do a little it. bit here. Um, <clears throat>
1: yeah it's fascinating so so let me pull this up and how do you get this dlc this is the newer stuff right this would this come is, with like the hd versions yeah or something?
0: like the hd remaster release had um had this little okay. dlc it's very short it's, it's something you can short. beat in half an hour to an hour tops yeah it's short uh very very quick um and I, it, I just have a couple notes. For yeah. Me. So why don't we uh, have you go over your stuff first? Um.
1: Initially, she just wakes up. She's holding a gun. She's in a chair. She doesn't know how she got there. She's yes. just there. She knows stuff. She thinks she ought not to know. She doesn't. I don't know. She she knows and doesn't know a lot of um a lot of obvious stuff. I guess um about like the the name James and there's just things that she's seems to be aware of that are in James's life that yes. we've seen um, right. that don't seem that she should know. Um, so one of the things is that she's afraid to die alone. She was just created. She was born from a wish. Um, what was the wish? The wish was James Mm -hmm. wanting to have Mary back. And that created Maria. Maria was born from that desire from James. Right. But she needs to fight to survive. And this is so right. Like you can think about this. We talked about this in Hellblade, of course. Yeah. But, um, you can think about it as like the different personalities in your mind, or the different, you know, uh, spirits, demons, the different like personalities or people, or the different thoughts, um, whatever you want to call it, the different stuff in your mind that influences you to do things. Um, you can think of them as people, right? And in, in mm-hmm. Hellblade, she sees them as people, and they're telling her what to do all the time, and she kind of has to shut them out, but they're fighting for survival,
0: yeah, within
1: her, right? right. So they're they're Feeding off of her. They need her to be able to do anything in the world. Yes. But yes. at the same time, like they're trying to survive on their own. And you can see that, that Maria, in my opinion, being a complete invention by James, that that invention ha- clings to life just like just like a person would. Right? Yeah, that right. it's like, I am going to take hold. I'm going to, my will is going to be manifest in the world. I'm going to make this work. So Maria really does have to fight to stay in James mind right mm-hmm. to, to to exist as a as a as a being at all yeah um very good there's a great example of that is in is in Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice it's a podcast
0: um, we did that you all should yes. watch because that game is amazing <laughs> it's a really really good game
1: <laughs> yeah and it's spe- I think it's in the second episode of that when we talk about this yeah um but when, when she wakes up and she leaves that first room, she's in that nightclub that I was talking about. Earlier. Right. She's yep. in the heavens night the, and, Yeah, the uh, what or paradise they called? The, or whatever.
0: Uh, I wrote down. Heaven's night. Heaven's night.
1: Heaven's yeah. night, yeah. yeah. So there's that neon sign that says that. And it's it's great that that's where she was born, right? That yep. she shows up and she's in this area. And it's like she's clearly she clearly represents that. At least to some degree within James' mind. Right. Mm-hmm. She represents something along the lines of a seductress or of a very temp temp temptuous <laughs> <laughs> woman. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's where he imagines that she is, right? She's she's uh, in the nightclub and she kind of needs to make her way out of there to go find James. Um yeah, she has a gun and there's blood everywhere. Um there's this one line. I, I can't remember who said this. They said, is the, is it the town that's insane or the people?
0: Ernest says it. Ernest. Ernest. Okay.
1: Yep. So we show up to an Ernest and it's like, oh, this town's crazy. He doesn't want to talk to us. He's behind the door. Um, and it's like, I don't know, maybe we're the crazy ones, right? Yeah. Uh, it turns out when she opens that door, there's no one there. Right. So it was all in her head. But she, anyways, it's kind of funny. They do a little Inception thing there. Um, and then what I think is so good, it's so good, is that she slowly comes close to the truth at the very end. Mm -hmm. She comes close to accepting like what she is and, and why she's there. But instead she turns away from it and she's like, I'm going to go find James. Right. She's going to fulfill her purpose. She's going to give in to the subconscious desires and like go play that role. Um, instead of disappear. Right. She's going to fight to survive. Right. Right. Which is what James is doing. Exactly. Right. So we find that guy. He's he's great. We got to collect stuff for him. He needs like medicine or something. It's interesting. You've got the red board and the black board and the white board. I, I knew you were gonna.
0: <laughs> I knew you were gonna go on an alchemy route with this but, one. But how can you not? How can you not I don't right? know.
1: That's just what it is, right? <laughs> you have something similar with um, the born again ending, where you've yeah, got the, the reborn, there's the, the white uh, the chrism thing yeah the chrism then there's the obsidian which is dark right then you have the, the the crimson book which is red yep and then the other um the book of lost memories anyways yep. it's like okay you're you're getting those those colors i don't know they didn't totally go full alchemy with this in my opinion um but you know that the symbolism is there, there yeah. yeah and so uh james really wants to see mary again which is just ever present um so then you've got this is great uh, blood is red mist is white and night is black Mm-hmm. Now, this was just kind of some text that kind of is descriptive of the stuff that she's, you know, collecting, and those squares that we have to like put on, the, the cutout. Um, but it kind of made me think about the the game a little bit, um, th- this whole game, because the the fog is white as we're walking through the fog. It is the whiteness, but then when we get into buildings, it's just blackness. There's mm-hmm. just this shadow everywhere, and then of course the the crimson being the blood. Um, there are times where you can't see too far ahead because of either fog, darkness, or blood. <laughs> yeah. And that is this whole game. And it towards the end of the game, well, towards when Maria is being sacrificed and stuff, it is that red. It's that crimson that really stands out. Um, but we're surrounded by all of this stuff. And yeah. I don't know. I thought that was really good. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, Ernest, before she discovers that he's not really there, is that... Uh, James is looking for the you that isn't you. Yep. I right? like that line a lot. That was super good um, because it's like he's looking for Mary, but instead you're here. But, you know, whatever. You can go you can go pretend to be who you aren't anyways yep. if you want to. Yep. And so she goes to do that. Oh, exactly that. But she had this moment of almost self-awareness that she just uh, she puts away. And you see James doing that over and over. The, the little dot, dot, dots. Yep. Um, he He can't. Anytime he's about to make a realization, he stops. And then turns back into yep. doing whatever he was doing before. Right. He just won't allow himself to go there. Yeah. Um, that's like the totality of my notes. It was way shorter than I thought it was going to really be. Really short. And basically, <laughs> once you open the door where Ernest is and he's not there, there's like an, a happy birthday card. Oh, yeah. And his daughter His had daughter died. had that's died. That's right. Yeah. Like 10 years previously, she had fallen out a window. Um, and But nobody was there. And then the whole thing just kind of ended there. So I didn't yeah. really know. At first, his daughter, I was like, oh, it's Laura. And like, no, it's Amy. And it's a totally different girl. Yeah. Um, yeah. What did you make of all of that?
0: Okay. So uh, a, lot of this, a lot of similar notes as, as to what you had uh, brought up. Um, so the Heaven's Night Strip Club that she <laughs> wakes up in, right? Um, I like how she talks about how she hates being alone, right? Mm. She's afraid of the monsters out there. Yeah. But she's really afraid of being alone. She makes a real strong point on that numerous times. She doesn't yeah. want to be yep. alone. And even when she finds Ernest, she says something about I just need to see another person's face. Please open the door. Let me yes. see another person. She's desperate to yeah. be with someone. It's like kind of why she's, That's been, her made. Identity. she's been made to be yeah. with James, right? So And then she like,
1: when she finds James, she sticks to him. Yeah. really
0: right closely yeah uh, why did you leave me all alone or even yeah. even the very beginning when he starts to leave when he first meets like, her, she, you're not you are gonna leave me alone in this yeah. place you know it's a really big thing to her is being alone so she wakes up with this fear of being alone um, not knowing what's going on out there but being aware of the, that monsters have sort of taken over and wondering if anyone's left and contemplating suicide kind of right from the very beginning Right yeah, like that's right. I yeah, don't want right. to be alone in this place <laughs> <That's> <laughs> but she right. decides to go out and look for somebody Oh that's right at the um, very
1: end before she goes to find James she puts the gun to her head Yes
0: because she doesn't want to be if alone
1: she's like yeah yeah she can't take it but then she looks for James instead Yeah that's right
0: So um but the the nightclub or itself Heaven's Night right in in the bathroom at the very very beginning of the game there are posters there of Maria and Heaven's oh, really? Night. At the very beginning? The very beginning in the bathroom on oh, the wall there, kind of recall. like right near the exit. Yeah. I didn't either the first time oh, I looked yeah. at it. This was something on, uh, I saw the second time. Huh. Um, so it, it, it kind of brings up the question of whether or not, again, depending on how you're interpreting this game, whether you're interpreting it as this is all in James' mind, or whether you're interpreting it as things from James' mind become real through the supernatural means of Silent Hill or whatever. However you're reading this, maybe there was a person named Maria who worked at that Heaven's Night strip club or something like that, Mm. but then took on the identity of Mary through James entering the town. I'm just saying that there's Mm, there's something there because there was a poster in the bathroom before he even got there that had had Maria's face on it, it and it had the Heaven's Night club. So... Just something to kind of chew on there. Oh, I thought it was interesting. interesting but, um, So she makes her way to that mansion, right? there's, uh, She has a gun, like right from the beginning of the game. It's, yeah, already <laughs> in
1: her hands. And it seems a little big for her hands, yeah, it's, by it's, the way. It's a large gun. It's <laughs> a very big gun,
0: yeah. Um, but makes her way to this mansion. This is the Baldwin Mansion. Uh, and, of course, here's... She's just looking for somebody in there and Ernest kind of trying to get her to go away Yeah. at first. And she's just so happy that there's another person who's not a monster and is not crazy. Like, please, you know, let me in. Um, we pull up some of the dialogue for this. I
1: love that there's like almost an opposition, uh, like there are two opposites. Ernest does not want to see anyone else and wants to be alone. Uh, mm-hmm. Whereas M- Maria really wants to see other people and hates, absolutely hates being alone. Yes. And you're about to finally get a synthesis where he begins to open up a little bit and then she is finally going to see another person and yeah. it just doesn't happen. No, nope. It's so, uh, yeah, that's fascinating.
0: So, uh, some dialogue here. So the first line from her, when she first wakes up, when I woke up, I was all alone. The first thing she says, mm. everyone's gone. Is it because of those monsters? But I'm yeah. scared to die. I'm so afraid of pain. Mm. I want to find somebody. I don't like being alone that. So that's what sparks her to go out and look. So when she actually, honestly, this
1: is like Mary, a lot of this yeah. sounds like Mary to me.
0: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, afraid of death. Yeah. Afraid, like, of, really afraid of pain. Of, afraid of being alone.
1: Yeah. Want to be uh, with somebody. Yeah.
0: So, um, so she finally finds Ernest Baldwin and is asking him, you know, about the monsters. Does he know anything about this? Like what happened here? And he just basically says, Good, like I don't care that people like it. Just means people leave me alone, <laughs> and so. How does he get? How does he eat? Well, how does yeah, he get food? Right. Well, I guess she doesn't uh, think to ask those questions, <laughs> but what she does ask is, "You want to be alone in this insane asylum?" And he says, "Yes, exactly." But how can you say that it is the town that is insane? Perhaps it is we who are insane. Both of us, helplessly yeah. insane or hopelessly insane. Hmm. I liked that line a lot because that kind of speaks to what silent hill has become like clearly it was originally like a a normal town people lived in well i say normal but it it at least had some dark kind of occult stuff going on in it yeah but more or less normal but now it exists as this place where insane people come to try to like deal (laughs) with their problems so uh i like that line from him there Hmm. now she decides uh that she that she's going to kind of help him um deal with his ties to why he's still around, right? Which are his guilt, remorse, sadness regarding the death of his daughter, Amy. And so it's through Maria's exploration of the mansion that she goes into the attic and finds a birthday card there that was written from Amy to Ernest. Mm-hmm. And the, the tragic part of this is that she was up there trying to do it in secret. It was supposed to be a surprise. Right. And he, w- he heard something going on up there and went up to investigate. And she didn't want to see, didn't want to be seen there because she was creating a, a birthday mm-hmm. surprise for her father. So she tries to climb out the window and falls. Oh, and so okay. when you hear Amy's voice telling Maria, take this, back to my father. So when she gives yeah. it to Ernest, Ernest realizes what actually happened hmm. because I went up there and she was trying to keep it a secret. Uh, of she fell. And this yeah. the, the whole thing just becomes even more tragic, but she's grateful to Maria for having helped him realize what yeah. actually happened and, and fully understand it. And this is when he asks her to go collect an item for him specifically. Yeah,
1: there's one thing he's missing. It's like yeah. a liquid. I can't remember what it was. He
0: calls it the white liquid. Yeah, okay. Which, white chrism is one of the items oh, you're meant course. to collect oh, he w- in the oh, rebirth ending. Because he
1: says, I have other things, that's the only thing I don't have.
0: Right. It me- So, okay, so what he's saying is he has
1: the book of lost memories, the obsidian, yep. and the crimson book. Yes. But he can't get the white chrism.
0: Because like oh, he's a ghost, I think. In this place, he's tied, his like soul is tied to this ah, house. so he
1: physically can't pick the He up. can't
0: go there. He's like, that's why she says, why don't you just go get it yourself? He's like, if I could, I would do that. Right,
1: I remember that, yeah.
0: And so he sends her out to another building to go grab this white liquid. He knows exactly where it is, but he can't go get it himself. And so he is trying to do the same ritual to like bring his daughter back and probably hmm. was even in his life, like trying to collect all of the items yeah. or, you know, do this same ceremony for the rebirth of his daughter.
1: Well, that would draw people to this place.
0: Yeah, certainly. Yeah. So he never was never able to resolve that in life. And it seems like his spirit yeah. is sort of tied to that mansion where he used to live and he can't leave it because he can't resolve. Sure. You know, his pain surrounding what happened there. Maria kind of helps him do that. Yeah. Um, that makes sense. And actually. as as thanks for that, I think he tries to warn her about James. About James, like yeah. He says, um, "Yeah." Well, uh, there's some other really good lines here, so let's read some of this dialogue. So he says, "Along with you died joy. All that remains is despair and a future of meaningless tomorrows. Hmm. But I will never give up. One to see your beautiful smile again. One to beg the blessings of the gods." I wait for that day. So he clearly believes in these old gods of Silent Hill, right? Uh, When the boards cover all, or all sadness too will be covered. But until my dreams return to reality, I will have to swallow all the pain. She apologizes for reminding him of all this. And he's like, no need to apologize. Right. But he says something interesting here, Maria. So you must be. That's why. That's why you could see me. Really vague line. But I think mm. he realizes at this point, which is before he sends her after the White Liquid, that the reason she can see him, not see him, but interact with him, I'm, th- mm. I'm thinking, yeah. is because she's one of the monsters of Silent Hill born from James's Wish, hmm. right? Which is the title of the DLC, Born From a Wish. Right. That's uh, kind of where he realizes it, right? But he sends her uh, after the White Liquid, and when she comes back with it and everything's, Uh, done, Uh, she says, Ernest, do you really believe it'll work? He says, I don't know. Um, That's the only item I couldn't get myself. By the time I found out about it, I could no longer leave this house so long. And she says, yes, but will, and then uh, Maria, the gods are here. You know it too. You were born in this town. Now, was Mary... I don't think, I mean, Mary and James just visited Silent Hill. I don't think she was born there. She didn't hmm. to make any mention of that. So Maria being right. born here, you know, I think is an important right. line there. She's not Mary. She's well, a thing. Well, of all the thing. people
1: we meet in the game, nobody was from that town. Right. They all came from somewhere else. Yeah, but Maria right.
0: was, is from
1: there. She was born
0: there. And the fact that he says, Maria, the gods are here. You know it too. You were born in this town. Yeah. Sort of lends a little more credence to that interpretation of the supernatural occult it kind does. of reading, right? Where it's like yeah. the gods are the ones who brought you to life from the mind of James. Again, sure. I'm not saying that that's my interpretation. I'm mm-hmm. saying there's so many ways you can no, read this.
1: that could be it. So um, so you've got the gods and they, they perform things. They allow people to be reborn. Mm-hmm. And then you've got James who wants... A person to be born, and then you have a person being born in the town. Yeah, right. Who is Mary? Who I don't know how real Mary is. Maria, sorry, Maria. Maria, Yeah, I don't know how real Maria is, but yeah, that's interesting. So it's possible that there was something of a a, of a birth through the supernatural means. I just don't know what to do with that because I don't know the rules. I don't know. Yeah, like I don't know how the world works.
0: And it's vague on purpose. Yes, exactly. But I love her response to that. Cause he said, Maria, the gods are here. You know it too. You were yeah. born in this town. She says, I'm not sure God is the right word.
1: Ah, so she would mean devil, something like yeah, that, right?
0: Yeah, like, like what you said about Lilith, right? Yes, something <laughs> more like the, the,
1: demon, the demon woman Lilith, yeah. Yeah,
0: sure. Um, but then he says, do you believe in fate? And she says, not really. And he says, that's fine then. Um, and then this is a dead end. There's nothing beyond here. Mm. Um, I know. So what if I had said I believed in fate? She says to him, and this is where he tries, I think in thanks for all she did for him to try to warn her. He says that James, he's a bad man. And she says, James. And then it starts to kind of sound familiar, right? But
1: that's referring to fate though. Yeah. So in reference to fate, he's now bringing up James. Right. Where it's like you and James are fated to uh, yep. interact often, um, try to break that whole fate thing. And it's so funny cause it's like, she doesn't believe in fate, whether she believes in it or not, it's what happens to yeah
0: her. he says that's doesn't fine. Matter. it's fine you don't believe in it yeah but. you're
1: living in it yeah but <laughs> is that you best it doesn't matter if you don't believe in ghost stories because you're in one. Yeah Miss Turner
0: right yeah um, so she says, yes, I know because she's kind of st- kind of starting to record she's, yeah the, name the memories James. Are, yeah. Are, are coming. She's slowly getting them. She's slowly kind of like remembering a James remembering even some of Mary's memories like I talked about Mm -hmm. a little earlier. Um, So, yes, I know. And then he says he's looking for the you that isn't you, the line that you brought up, the you that isn't Mary, obviously. Right. Uh, Or that is Mary. Sorry. Um, And then she says, because he's kind. Right, and that would have, I think, been a Mary kind of memory. Mary mm, told yeah. Laura that. Sure, yeah. Right. Yep. Um, do you know? Do you know something? She asks, and he says, "Yes, Maria, you're." And then she cuts him off. Yep. She anyway, wanna know. that's just See? what you think. You don't really know anything. That's fine. Then that's exactly what you were talking so about. so
1: good. She's so close to discovering the truth, and she decides, no, I don't want to know the truth. Yep. And it's similar to what James does when Angela is telling him about Silent Hill. And she's like, hey, James, uh, about that city you're going to, and he's like, don't tell me. I know it's dangerous. I'm going anyways. Don't talk to me. I, I'm not listening. Mm-hmm. And um, that's what Maria does here. So it's so funny because she's born, and I think of her as more or less um, stemming from the mind of James, but she has a, like... Well, she she has sort of free will. She's definitely in a deterministic like situation. She definitely is bound by fate. Um, she doesn't have much say in what happens, um, but she's trying to claim it. She's trying to reclaim a, a type of free will. She's trying to, uh, you know, have control over her own life, mm-hmm. but she doesn't. Yeah. But she wants it so bad.
0: Right. Yeah. Now, if we if we take this uh, discussion about fate, right, that, yeah. that she's fated. And we interpret the story with a little bit more of the supernatural occult sort of background and that she became a real girl.
1: Uh, yeah, a real <laughs> <Right>. boy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: but that her fate is to act as... Uh, this sort of companion for James who is going to be killed by Pyramid Head over and over again Mm -hmm. until he sort of like comes to the truth. You start to understand why she's so pissed at the very end when he won't take her and he says, I'm done with you. Wow. How much that must be That's pretty good. Because her fate was to be refused by him. I no longer need you anymore and had to be like the vessel with whom Pyramid Head will just slaughter over and over again to get him there. That's, That's crazy. her freaking fate.
1: That's her purpose. That sucks. And you know what's crazy? That's really good. I did not think of that. That absolutely sucks. Um I'm also thinking, too, if James was able to resurrect Mary, mm-hmm. the the body of Mary, I I am of the opinion that it would have just been Maria's spirit that would have gone into Mary, right? So if if James Could then be. resurrects Mary, it's like, yeah, but the, if you're talking about a, a wandering spirit that is looking to become real and is looking to escape their little their whatever's going on there, um, and you're looking at James who really wants Maria, that's who he wants, um, that's the spirit that's going to go into Mary anyways. I'm yeah. speculating there. But, um,
0: yeah, that's... Uh, <laughs> it's, it's crazy.
1: That's crazy. It's crazy. So, so her whole fate was just to serve as a pawn to somebody who's not even a good person, right? It's not like she was helping somebody along who needed, well, needed help, but who was a good person and was, it's like she (laughs) was helping. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. She got a guy who murdered his wife. Yeah. I don't know, man. Crazy. That's wild.
0: So yeah, I mean, it it makes Maria a much more sympathetic character in that sense. She already was, but like way more so now. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, just a, a really, again, one of many sort of like tough thing pills to swallow that come yeah. along with this game's story. Yeah. Uh it's it's just it's Silent Hill's a tough place. There's a lot of hard painful things you got to go through. Yeah, absolutely. There. Even the even the monsters who live there, right? Yeah. Um
1: nah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Uh
0: so that about wraps it up. It does. I have just this, a Oh for the whole thing? For yeah Uh, i was just gonna jump over to patreon but um oh well or Jacob's ladder but
1: i've got a thing or two before we leave this completely um first of all i've got the nietzsche quote that i had read earlier uh i i read the the relevant line but i didn't realize the line before it that's actually really good it's the when you gaze into the abyss the abyss also gazes into you the line before it is so good it's basically this whole game um he says, whoever fights monsters should see to it that in the process he does not become a monster. Mm-hmm. And if you gaze long enough into the abyss, the abyss will gaze back into you. Uh, so that's the actual line right before. And talking about fighting monsters and becoming a monster, I don't mm-hmm. know. it just seems like that uh, you know that that whole line is even more powerful within the context of the game. Yeah And then as I was looking at all of these endings and stuff, I actually, stumbled across something that's crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, You remember when James first gets the walkie talkie and it's all garbled and he's like, I don't know what they're saying. He couldn't understand what they were saying. Oh yeah.
0: It's it. That did seem like a setup to something.
1: There is something said there that is that you can, if you listen really hard and I'm glad I didn't, by the way, (laughs) the question is it's a woman, it's Mary's voice. Mm -hmm. And the first thing, well, maybe not the first thing, but one of the first things she says as, as it's cutting in and out is James, why did you kill me? Oh, wow. Really? And that's it's in, all garbage. It's like, it, that's why did you noise? Kill
0: me? And wow. it's like,
1: really Jack, we should play the audio um, in the edit here. It's really creepy. It's so weird. <laughs> I did not know that. And now that I'm, now I went back and listened and I was like, that's right. It really did say that. Oh my that's gosh. Nuts. This thing broken. James, I'm here. Come to me. James, I'm
0: waiting for you. Why did you kill me?
1: Why did you kill me? That's and nuts. that's like, and then it's so funny because he listens to it. He hears, "Why did you kill me?" And it's all dissonant, and but it's like garbled and staticky. And he goes, "Uh, I don't understand what's going on here." And he just kind of puts it away and keeps walking. And, and it's it, like, "Oh my God, James, you are so
0: dense." Also, say something like, "It may be important later, or I may need this later, or something, something like that,", that. Yeah, which could like be that. a reference to, "I need to accept what was just told uh, to me sure. at some point that would later." Make
1: sense. Yeah, wow. he's like, oh, it seems kind of broken, but I better keep it along and yeah. see if it makes sense later. Yeah, wow. it will, dude, it will. That's crazy. That was great. And then I think I've... Um, is, that, is
0: that all the notes for yeah, Silent Hill 2? Yeah,
1: I, I took a note and I just I exiled it to the very end here. I'll bring it up just because maybe someone else can make heads or tails of it. Okay. But the name Eddie means uh, to turn back or to reverse water. Like an mm. Eddie is like it shoots oh, sure. water back yeah. upstream or something like mm-hmm. that. It's... Um, I don't know that that's super relevant other than it's countercurrent; It's like against the, the uh, natural current. Um, but the name Edward means a guardian of wealth. Mm. So if Eddie is just short for Edward, then, and he is a threshold guardian for sure. And someone we have to overcome in order to, you know, continue on with the, the narrative with our lives. Um, then the name Edward can make a little bit more sense. Um, and then Eddie is like, I don't know. It, it, going against current is like sort of Eddie, I guess. Hmm. I, don't know. I don't know that that name really meant much. Yeah. And that's it. We have finished all of my notes and I'm ready okay. to move on to like the best movie <laughs> ever. Yeah. So we can't spend too much time here though. We am sorry. Everybody. We can't.
0: And like I said, I mean, this is very likely to become a whole, a whole podcast episode in and of itself for Patreon later. Yes. Is an analysis I would love that. of Jacob's ladder. But, um, I guess. What do you want to say about it, in in that in as far as you're reading a Silent Hill or oh, what pertains to it, or just general thoughts maybe of the movie? Or
1: well, I mean, I, this is probably a good point to say that if you haven't watched the movie, go watch it instead of um, listening to us talk about owe it. Owe it
0: to yourself to see this movie. <laughs> yes,
1: treat yourself. Yeah, dude. Watch this movie. I I gotta say, um, so I would love to get into the whole film, I just can't. Mm-hmm. I mean, I only took two notes on the whole film. I have two notes, they're long notes. Um, but a part of it is about Pyramid Head being the shadow and the way Pyramid Head acts at the very end of Silent Hill 2, mm-hmm. where as soon as we accept what's going on, as soon yep. as we like That's confront f- the shadow and stand up to it and say, I am, and as soon as we, like, um, we know who we are and we see the shadow for what it is, the pyramid kills himself. Like yep. he just does away with himself yep. and he's like, I am no longer an obstacle to you. Um, there, there is a line from Meister Eckhart that is quoted in Jacob's ladder, but I don't know if I should say it. Don't it read might it. Away. Okay. I'm not going to say yet. it. I'm not yes, going to You know yet. what? Maybe we <laughs> should really just treat this later. Yeah. Um, oh, it's, it's enough to say that you guys <laughs> have to see this movie. Yeah. You have to watch yeah. this movie. It is unbelievable. Yeah. And I got to say, um, yeah, I probably I probably shouldn't uh, quote any of that because that is, it's really good though. Yeah. Um, but there is a a moment in Jacob's Ladder a, about halfway through, maybe more than halfway through, where I it legitimately scared me on a deep, deep mm. psychological level. It like I don't I don't have a general fear of. Death—that's like ever present. I, I'm, sure. I'm assume most people is like this, you know. Sure. I can kind of put that away in the back of my mind. Yeah. I, I, I'm not afraid to die. Generally speaking, I would—I would rather not die. Okay, I'm not—you <laughs> know—I don't want to die. Um, I, w- were it to present itself before me, I would do everything I could to get away from it because I don't actually want to die. That fear would become present. Um, but generally speaking, it's not something I'm too concerned with. Um, but watching this movie. It it definitely made me think about <laughs> like <laughs> what it might be like to yeah. to die, and it's a really great movie. It's it's just incredible. Um, but I will say, I'm glad I didn't. I wanted to stop watching. Actually, yeah. oh wow. I am really glad that I didn't
0: stop it. Is there watching. a way for you to I can, allude I can only explain to the it. scene without giving away which one it is? Because I'm really curious which scene it is.
1: Okay, so there's a couple. There's a couple. But it's mostly as soon as I realized the idea of what the film was getting at, which is what I kind of don't want to bring up. But it's that hospital gurney scene where he's being pushed through the hospital Mm. and it just keeps getting darker and darker and worse and worse and more and more horrific and crazy. And it's just he's seeing things from his past. He's seeing all sorts of crazy stuff. And then um, at at the moment of that, that it's just a nightmare. It's Mm. just a nightmare. Yeah. But at the same time, it is just a nightmare. Yes. Right? Yes. And and that's, yes. anyways, oh, you guys have to watch it. I can't say too much. I really can't. I want to. Um, but please watch it and we are going to do a full treatment of this movie. Um, we might have to, yeah, I don't know. It, I guess a lot of it depends on what the Patreon people vote yeah, for. Yeah, vote but, for, right. Um, I want to explain why this movie scared me so much and why by the end of it, I think it's the best, one of the best movies ever made and mm-hmm. why it's actually not as uh, scary as it seems, I guess. Yeah.
0: Um, yes. It, it is horrific though. It is I... really scary. <laughs> it is so scary. Oh man. Just chilled my bones. Um, I think <clears throat> as, as you're sitting here talking about, uh, you know, kind of coming to terms with, or, or, or Thinking about one's own mortality, right? Yes. <laughs> um, there's a part of me that wants to share something and a part of me that's also kind of scared to do that. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm not afraid to talk about this. Okay. Uh, I actually feel like it's really important for me to do it, but there's also the aspect of not wanting to trigger people online with certain dark topics. Right. So there's a part of me that wants to avoid being really specific about what I'm going to say next. Um, but let's just say that, uh, hearing you talk about that, I feel like for the last probably five years, I've done a lot of thinking in particular in bed at night, waking up from dreams. Um, I have suffered from sleep paralysis. Right. Uh, It used to be a lot worse when I was in my early 20s. It would happen like once a month, like all the time. That is just
1: (laughs) horrible. I hate Um,
0: that. And we've talked about this a little bit in the podcast in the the past. I don't remember what. I think Hellblade, actually. It was during during Hellblade. I was talking about sleep paralysis. So there's another reason to go watch that one where you get the full story of this. But anyway, I would think a lot about death like the actual moment of my death and what right. it felt like to me. And it's a really horrifying feeling right. to contemplate. Um, particularly when it's sort of mixed with this dreamlight state in which you're being pursued by a freaking demon and you yes. can't move and yes. you're really, really scared. Um, you know? Okay. Yes, I, yeah. Yeah. Um, mm. So I had that experience so many times. Over the last 15 or so years um, that I've had a lot of time to really think about it um, on a pretty deep level think about my own death and, and whatnot um, and I can say pretty confidently that at this point I am at, totally at peace with the idea of death yeah. and uh, again without trying to be personal to to the degree to which I might trigger somebody I'll, I'll kind of be very vague about this part but I came really close to death earlier this year um this is something i've not talked about publicly but something that i feel kind of compelled to talk about right now in relation to this because i think it's it's an important thing for people to think about um and it's it's become to me one of the most important sort of uh moments of my life uh because I can live without fear now, if that makes sense, right? Like the the, the, the feelings you're describing as, as watching through watching that movie, mm-hmm. that, that really like primal, deep, like primordial fear right. of death, right? Yeah. Is something that I feel like I'm free from. Hmm. And that has allowed me to not be afraid of a lot of things that I think almost everybody... Are afraid of when we're talking about like politics when we're talking about Uh uh, economics when we're talking about just just all these things that people worry about the future right I feel like I'm freed from fear of that and a lot of it came from this uh, this experience that I've had and how often I've thought about my own mortality over a long time but there was a moment in this movie that brought me to tears it's the same one you referred to the the Mm -hmm. master Eckhart quote where it just confirmed like the the i feel almost objective truth of that statement like that is the point of that's the point you need to reach in life is to do what he says in that scene (laughs) and then it's no longer something that feels so scary right yeah and so that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> um, See, I, I was but,
1: fully expecting to talk about this film yeah. here until I realized how absolutely important this movie is. Yeah. And I don't want to ruin it for anybody. Yeah. Anybody. Yeah, So ruin it for yourself if you want, but we're not going to be the ones to ruin no, it for you. This no. movie's too important for that. Yeah. And it's not just, I thought it was just like a horror yeah. film. <laughs> yeah, right? It's, it's not just a horror film. It, it is so much more than that. It is a very... It's, I almost require, I I feel like it should be required doing
0: for the human condition. For almost. humans. Yeah. <laughs> as soon
1: as you're like, I don't know when you, ever you can handle it, like yeah. 16 or 25 or however old, at some point people need to watch this film.
0: Yes. Yes. I, I, <clears throat> I, I got through that movie and felt like it's, it's the kind of movie that can and should have. A life-altering effect on a person. Yeah,
1: and if it, if you've seen it before and you were like, "Yeah, no big deal," okay, you may have been too young. Yeah, you may not have contemplated death much. Um, watch it again. Yeah, right. Watch it again, especially with this Silent Hill 2*. The thematic material in *Silent Hill 2* that we've been talking about for weeks now. Watch it again, um, and maybe watch it every couple of years. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because I don't know it was life changing i was not expecting that i was, I was not expecting, expecting that like at all. a resident evil a slasher a horror you know <laughs> and it is really scary i just the the last quarter of that movie just is it is something else you got to watch it
0: yeah and and what was so interesting to me in light of what we're talking about is i wasn't scared during this movie
1: i, okay, was, see, I, I was i was
0: never scared at any point in it
1: i was but it was that prim- primordial fear yeah. that you're talking about but but i I almost feel like I overcame it through this movie. <laughs> through you know, the like movie, by, yeah. vicariously, by yeah. proxy. We'll see. Um, but it seems like that's what this movie was made for. Yeah. It was patterned after, um, I've looked up a little bit about it since I watched it. It's patterned after the Tibetan Book of the Dead, mm. which I have not read, but I'm going to now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to read that book. And yeah. then there's the Egyptian Book of the Dead as well. There's a couple books that talk about, hey, here's you know, here's how to pass on. Here's how. Here's how... What happens when you die yeah, right, and uh uh when when we review the movie more at length, um we're definitely gonna bring that stuff up, yep, but anyways, we should probably stop talking about it, yes, that. we <coughs> should
0: move on from that, I think that's I think that's <sighs> enough. everybody, please go watch the movie, please, and let me let us know what you think about it, you know, uh but of course, like i said we're gonna we're definitely gonna analyze that in full yeah. at some point um, so we want to go over some uh some questions remarks things from patreon here um we've also had some pretty interesting we've also had some pretty interesting things said here in the chat so i want to scroll through that a little bit too um well let's get into this here real fast so this is from mix who is here with us live right now nice in the silent hill 2 community there seems to be a tussle between leave and in water as the two more (laughs) canonical endings Hmm. Guy, now I don't know how to say his name. This is the voice actor for James. Is its it Sihi is it or is it Kihi? Oh, I don't know. It's C-I-H-I. I want to read that as Sihi, but I don't know. Um, even said that he personally preferred the leave ending, but he saw the symbolism in in water that was unique to the East uh, Japanese media.
1: That's basically where I'm at. Yeah, which yeah. of the
0: two endings do you feel were most appropriate? I guess we've kind of already said that. That's about said it, that. yeah. Like The like in-water feels
1: more realistic, but yeah. the I would prefer the walk-away, <laughs> the yeah, leave-ending. Leave
0: yeah, and I, I lean more towards in-water, but I like leave as well. Yeah. I think they're both good, but I, I lean a little bit more in-water. Um, Diclosis, and I think we've, we, we probably don't have to talk too much about this. I think we've more or less answered this question throughout the analysis. Uh, he asks, or I guess I don't know if it's he or she asks, is James a bad person? Um,
1: don't know don't have enough info
0: my my interpretation is he is not and that people who are not bad people are perfectly capable of doing really bad sure things. and that to me that kind of felt like the. that's point.
1: what i'd say he is a person
0: yeah he's a human being he is a
1: human person that <laughs> human is, beings are not good or bad
0: they're on a spectrum of brokenness i feel there you go okay david Butt, uh, what do you think about the joke endings and what do you think laura sees throughout the game Personally, I think she sees a regular abandoned town without any monsters or weird puzzles. I lean that way too. Also, what type of puzzles or monsters do you think Eddie and Angela saw as Pyramid Head seems probably unique to James?
1: Gosh, I don't actually know how to answer that one, at least in part, because I don't think those people were real. <laughs> I think that it was all James. It was all yeah. just James doing stuff and these people were manifestations of his inner psyche, outward manifestations, the uh, exterior things that he could actually interact with that would make sense of whatever he was trying to do internally um, and that they were just there at convenient parts uh, for James when he needed help or when he needed to confront one of the uh, people inside of his mind that um, he's trying to get past.
0: Right. Um, I kind of agree that Laura and in particular Eddie and Angela are all real people who are seeing different things and that Laura is the one who sees basically just a normal abandoned town. She's not seeing anything crazy because she's not old enough or have no experience or broken enough yet to... Well, I mean, she's, she's an orphan, so clearly she's had some trauma, but mm. uh, at least not to a point yet where she sees something horrific enough to be like really alarming to her or okay, sure. whatever that might be. Um, but yeah, I kind of lie in between the like full-on sort of supernatural reading of the game and the full-on psychological uh, reading of the game. Um, I kind of like certain elements of both of them, and so I kind of take the pieces I like from each. Sure, sure, yeah. (laughs) But uh, the way I read it is that the monsters in the town and Maria are kind of the figments of um, James' imagination, Mm -hmm. Uh, though, of course, there's plenty of evidence to say Maria became a real person. Um, But Mm -hmm. I I like it better to think that she's not um, and, and that the monsters are not, but that Angela, Eddie, and Laura are. So um, so I, I think Eddie would have been seeing obviously just people constantly berating, uh, making fun of him, mocking him, putting him down. Angela would have probably seen a lot of uh, reflections of sexual abuse. Of course, the world on fire, um, probably mostly what she was seeing. That, that would be my guess. Uh, Rodrigo Lanez. Is it even possible to remake Silent Hill <clears> Two?
1: <throat> Probably not. We're about yeah, to find out.
0: I think in the, I mean, in the literal sense, sure. I mean, they can make a game called Silent Hill Two remake and you know release it. Would,
1: it. it would be a game, but That's would it
0: sure. would it have? I think what he's really asking is, yeah. would it have? Is it possible to really like have that same effect, Dim that tank, same level yeah, of artistry yeah. again? Um, I lean on no, but I don't, I don't think it's impossible. I it's think it is. Not, I think it can be done, but,
1: but the corporate incentive structures are such that it just won't happen. Like, yes, it's possible, but you know, um, just play the game again. You don't, don't worry about whether they can <laughs> update <laughs> graphics well enough or not. Yeah. Like just the game's there. It's good. I, don't, I I'm disenchanted from remakes now.
0: I certainly don't have a lot of confidence on Konami at this <laughs> point to, <laughs> yeah. to, to do yeah, justice to Silent Hill 2 the way yeah. it deserves. But I don't think it's impossible in the right hands. It just depends on if that is in the right hands, if they've put it in the right hands in terms of a producer, or director. Um, I, I, it remains to be seen. I, I just don't have a lot of faith in it. Hmm. Uh, Netro, hey dudes, I'm wondering what your guys' thoughts are on the pros and cons of having a horror game in third person versus first person after playing this.
1: I prefer third. Okay. Um, first person horror well, first-person horror, I don't know. I still feel detached. It, I, I have not yet gotten over, like, when something jumps out at you and tries to kill you and stabs you in first-person, just doesn't feel real. It doesn't feel right. It doesn't make sense. It's, it's scary. It's still scary and maybe a little more jumpy. Um, but in third-person, I don't know. I'd probably prefer a third-person. I don't know exactly how to analyze that, though, other mm. than to say that when somebody attacks you in first person and you see the face, but you can't see exactly what the hands are doing, but you're taking damage and they're like really close to you. Um, it's just not as scary. The third person will be much scarier in that sense. Um, that's all.
0: Um, it's kind of funny because I feel maybe a little bit opposite on the last mm. point where limiting your view into the first person can can be a really good way especially using like sound design and things like that where you can't see as much that's true and it can be a little scarier but it's um, like cheap scary though sure i I could see that too i um i do want to say though uh i keep bringing up shattered memories Silent Hill Mm. shattered memories i think i think that this game actually does the best job of utilizing both specifically for the right reasons. Mm. So when it does go into first person, which it does have sequences, it's for really, really the right reason. The reason that Mm. that, um, I think works, that first person perspective is for. like The reason first person perspective works in any game and why you would choose to do it, it uses it for the right reason in Shattered Memories, Mm. and then it goes to third person for exactly the right reasons. Uh, I think that that's Mm. the best example of a horror game I can think of using both for, in in the ways that I think are most effective for each. So, play Silent Hill: Shattered Memories. I, I I can't stress enough that I think it's really good. Uh, Vinny Capiotti, uh maybe Capiochi. Uh, what is your opinion on the way the ending is secretly decided by player behavior? In most games, endings, when there are multiple, are either linked to how well you play or to explicit right. player choices. In Silent Hill 2, it seems to me that they wanted to give the most natural and appropriate ending for each player's experience, instead mm. of explicitly rewarding a certain play style or decision. Are there any other games that do something similar? I'm, I'm gonna say it again, Silent Hill Shattered Memories <laughs> um, kind of takes this uh, even to another level in terms of how you, how you play it, what you choose to interact with, um, because you can use the the Wiimote to kind of like make calls to oh, people. That's you can right, get phone numbers. That, yeah. um, and so you can call certain numbers. It, it's all in those little things you do, not like these explicit, you're making a really important choice and this will affect the yeah, ending yeah. type of way. But in just a, do, how long do you spend looking at this poster on the wall? How often yeah, do, yeah. do you spend kind of like calling this character? How mm, And that sort of, cool. you know, determines things. So nice. Silent Hill Shattered Memories, takes the same concept, which is something I really like about Silent Hill 2, and tries to also use it in this reimagining of the first game's story. Um, so uh, try that out if you haven't. Did you have anything you want to add mm, to that? Nope. Okay. Um, I'm going to skip that one because we already talked about that. Um, Evan Richmond, uh, you've mentioned Twin Peaks' influence on Silent Hill already, <laughs> but with Angelo, uh, I can't say this name, Badalamenti, Badalamenti, Recent passing. Oh. I'm, I'm guessing this is someone involved in um, okay. Twin Peaks. Uh, could you take or could you talk more about the amazing soundtrack and what influenced it? I've seen articles cite Angelo's work uh, when talking about Akira Yamaoka's score. Oh, maybe that's the person who. Okay. I'm guessing I'm sorry, Angelo. We don't know these people. I'm Angelo sorry. composed the soundtrack of Twin Peaks. Akira um, Yamaoka, uh, I'm guessing, is who scored Silent Tour. Hill. That makes way more sense.
1: <laughs> yeah, it does make more sense.
0: <laughs> but haven't found any official interviews uh-huh. tying them together. Love this podcast. Keep up the good work. I don't have anything for that. I, uh, I regret very much to say um, that I think I fell into the same thing that others you're uh, you're saying fell into where they didn't talk about it enough. And um, I, I, I can say that I really like the – I really like the – the soundtrack of Silent Hill 2. I think there's a lot of really cool kind of airy, you know, patty, um, environmental sort of uh, eerie tones and, 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 uh, and soundscapes there that I really like. Um, I, ha- I did not spend enough or even really any time trying to tie the, in, the music into how it contributes to the story. Usually I, I like to I do that, but I didn't do it enough. Yeah. Um, this is partly just not having enough time <laughs> in, in the, in the weeks that we, you know, prepare for these. But, um, maybe that's something I can think more about, uh, cause I do want to do a video essay on Silent Hill too. And so maybe I can just say to you, that's something I'll keep in mind whenever I end up working on that video. Um, I'll try to think more about the music and, and, and talk about it there if I do that. Okay. Ash G., In the first episode, you said you will play the HD collection version. I know, I made a mistake there. But I saw many comments were recommending the original, so I was wondering which version you ended up playing. I remember watching an hour YouTube video explaining everything wrong with it, so I avoided the HD collection. I did not mean to say the HD collection on PS3. What I was meaning to say was I was going to try to play the PC version modded. Oh, okay. uh, I didn't end up doing that because I was trying to get it set up on my Steam Deck and i just wasn't able to really get figured out in time for a long trip that i took um so i ended up emulating um the ps2 version on my steam deck for that trip so i just played the ps2 version and then i just watched the um uh the born from a wish scenario on on youtube makes sense you played the ps2 version yeah yeah we
1: both had the same version
0: okay we got chocolate rob here he's here with us live as well yes the difference between Silent Hill 2 and Crime and Punishment is that the Silent Hill series is supernatural. Therefore, the things. See,
1: that's what I didn't get. I wish yeah. I understood more about Silent Hill
0: before yeah, playing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, therefore, the things that manifest in the town are actually manifested and not simply all in James' head. Yeah. Uh, the series usually takes a layered reality approach, which is why different people see different things, but in some way, the creatures are made real. This is especially true in Maria's case, as she is created as a person rather than a monster. If you look up the Rick and Morty clip, you pass butter. Uh, I might have to do that. Maria is basically this robot. She's given sentience, and her purpose is suffer, which is bad, I guess, is what we were kind of talking about at the end there. Her fate, right, is to suffer. She's made real just to suffer, which is bad enough in and of itself, but when James decides he does not need her anymore, uh, she was given an existence of pain and then discarded. You can forgive her being a bit upset. No, being more than a bit upset. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, by the way, this uh, whole thing, and you can pity her a lot. Okay. I've never heard the idea that Pyramid Head is actually helping James before. He, it, and Maria seem to be a package deal from the town, one to represent his idealized partner, only to be repeatedly brutalized at the hands of the other in order for James to punish himself by experiencing it over and over. At the end, he acknowledges this, discarding them both together. Pyramid Head accepts this and Suicides, but Maria tries to keep on going as she seems to be that little bit more alive to begin with. Uh, the most established interpretation of there suddenly being two Pyramid Heads is that each represents a different murder. Uh, the original represented James' guilt at killing Mary, but the second appears because he has now killed Eddie. Okay. Uh, the two eggs, one rusty and the other new, uh, similarly represent the two he killed. Well, that's interesting because one is like a rusted egg color and one's yeah. crimson. You could yes. see that almost as like an old murder or like a one fresh.
1: Oh, sure. Okay.
0: That, that's an interesting take. I wonder about that. Hmm. Um, Mary and Eddie, his original sin and his fresher one. P.S. You forgot to bring up uh, Christina Aguilera. Oh, did we not do that? We did. Oh, I we thought we it. did. We brought it up. Okay. Yeah. Uh, presumably, you were going to mention that James was a, uh, attracted to or lessening after her appearance at the Teen Choice Awards, just as he was to the nurses at the hospital while Mary was, uh, okay. Oh, so,
1: that's possible. That's not actually what I was going to talk about there. Oh. Um, what I was going to talk about is how Christina Aguilera is the collective anima of America. Basically. Oh, that's so interesting. So at that time, in the year 2000, right, The or 2002, or whenever this game came out, the um, the you know, you've got like they're called archetypes of the collective unconscious, right? So, everyone has an anima. You have a different personal anima than sure. I do, but there is also the collective the idea anima. of the yeah. anima, and there will arise figures in the collective, you know, group in the through the unity of everybody that the they, they will lift up these certain idols that'll show up and receive, uh, you know, universal approval from everybody that tend to represent these archetypes. Mm. And specifically, Christina Aguilera was. The collective anima for all of America in the year 2000 or mm, whatever
0: at that at that time
1: right she had been yeah. elevated to that point and she resembled the anime the anima anime, <laughs> yeah, the anime. <clears throat> she resembled the anima of the collective um, and I think there's something to that I think that's that's correct I forgot to bring it up though but that is where I was going to go with that one
0: mm, that's very interesting yep okay let's move on to Brennan Betts here. Out of all the endings of the game, which one did you guys get? Okay, we already answered that. Yep. Did it feel like a fitting and conclusive ending of the game? If not, which ending was your yep. – Okay, we've kind of <laughs> talked about that. Uh, Sean Harlan, hey, Mike and Kaysen. first off. Mike, nice to see your hair is coming back finally. Yeah, it's it's almost back, almost fully back. I mean, at least I'm not bald anymore. Kason, you're looking good as always. Anyways, uh-huh. a- as for my question, do you think any of the characters represent the seven deadly sins?
1: I didn't think about that, S- but it's
0: possible. Well, he's bringing up Eddie with the gluttony. Yeah, the gluttony um, and the seduction. Maria S- for luster. But with the yeah. other
1: ones like pride, uh, they're definitely pride. In fact, James is probably that. Yeah. Um, I
0: don't and know and if there's enough characters to really represent all seven.
1: Well, you would have Laura, Angela, Maria, James, Eddie. You're you we're getting close. Maybe if we had pyramid, pyramid Head and Head Mary and yeah I guess so then maybe. we can do it but I don't know that is
0: Mary uh, who's
1: sloth oh Eddie would be sloth well he's no, but gluttony, he's gluttony. then who's the slothful one
0: uh, I don't know that they correspond well I mean Angela kind of she's real slow when she talks she's okay, like really she depressed but I don't lot. know if that really fits
1: maybe that can work sloth lust gluttony greed sloth wrath wrath That that's Shadow. what I was thinking of would that wrath would head? be
0: no I think wrath would be Mary Okay. She's like pissed, right?
1: And then envy is Maria, but Maria's already one of them, anyways. And then pride is James.
0: Yeah, I don't know that it. It's
1: close. It's close, though. It's close. There, I don't know that it's probably.
0: Wonderful. There's probably a way to read it. Yeah, that way. I, I I think if you got if you thought about it more seriously, you could probably find yeah. a way. Um, we wish I had a better answer.
1: We gotta wrap it up soon.
0: All right, uh, I'm gonna read. Well, there's just one more. So this is it. Oh, good. I was really surprised to hear you guys say you didn't find the game, oh, I wanted to read this one, I did, okay. I was really surprised to hear you guys didn't find the game scary. I'm curious as to what your uh, respective setups were. I made sure to only play when I was alone in the house and when it was dark, I would turn all the lights out and really immerse myself in the game. I found I was only able to play one or two hours at a time before having to stop as I found myself getting more and more unsettled as my play session went on
1: unsettling, the game is unsettling. Yes, I I agree with that. That is for sure.
0: However, I imagine if I had played in broad daylight with my wife on the couch just making chit-chat, I don't think I would have had anything like the same experience. However, I accept these conditions are not as readily available to some people. should also mention I played the Enhanced Edition on PC, which is fantastic, not the Mm -hmm. HD collection, which is apparently not as good. Um, So I did want to talk about this because um, um, I think I touched on it a bit when we were talking about Jacob's Ladder, but yeah. it's okay. actually kind of hard for me to feel like a lot of fear. I, it's, it's, it takes a lot. I guess I shouldn't say it's hard. It takes a lot. Um, I don't think it's because the game, uh, like you said, I think unsettling is a really good word.
1: Very, it does feel like someone's groping around in your skull. Yes. The game does feel that way, and it's very unsettling.
0: I also talked about this experience in Hellblade: Center of Sacrifice. Ah, yeah. um, Although podcast. when you
1: first see like Hell
0: like showing up on the yeah. bridge,
1: oh, that was legitimately really yeah. scary. <laughs> now but, this game had a few moments like that too, like with yeah, your yeah, dad's yeah. dragging the sword and you're anyways,
0: yeah, like it, there were moments sometimes. I I had an experience where I felt something groping around in my head like i had a i i I don't know i don't know how to explain it Kason came up with a pretty good one (laughs) in that podcast go watch it if you're interested but i've had an experience this one this unsettled feeling but not necessarily like terrified you know what i mean like you feel uneasy you feel uncomfortable i think the game evoked some of those feelings in me but i never felt like genuinely terrified while playing it and i think it's because I didn't find the monsters particularly threatening, even on a higher difficulty where they can kill you faster. Um, they are too slow. They're animated in too clunky and kind of janky a way for yeah. me to really feel organically terrified of them. I can kind of see behind the curtain a little bit yeah, too okay, much as sure. far as a, as game development goes, yeah. and I'm seeing janky animations. Well, how scary not, do
1: you remember feeling when you played it the first time? If you
0: um, I think I was kind of more f- terrified, that genuine terrified feeling at yeah. the very beginning of the game. Like yeah. when you first are, oh my gosh, that radio, yeah. they're close, they're close, they're close, where yeah, are they? Yeah, yeah. But once I realized like they can't really catch you when you run around them. <laughs> yep. I mean, it's a little bit more so when you're in closed spaces like hallways, but you, you just kind of like yeah. move to one side of the hallway It kind of and then you just and dart, you dart around, around it again. You know the tank control feel to it can make that hard, but once you get used to the controls, it's pretty easy to avoid them yeah so true. i I just never felt genuinely um that they were very threatening enemies, and so I don't think I really felt the terror feeling yeah but i you'd certainly feel the unsettled the unsettled feeling like this is messed up well, the game's very good at that, yeah,
1: and that's more what they were going for, I
0: think, sure um okay oh and this is another one from rob really quick uh, opinions on the redubbed hd version don't have any didn't see i didn't really watch that so um and and any thoughts on the on the remake trailer did you have you seen the trailer Mm -hmm. for the remake yet maybe we should watch that real quick okay and uh maybe just give some thoughts on that and then close it out
1: interesting i mean i gotta i gotta see more it might be good could be might be the best game ever made. <laughs>
0: I didn't love uh, the music there. I think they mm, should have used yeah. more of the Silent Hill-y feeling music. Yeah. That was a little more, you know, kind of trailer type. Yes. Yeah, so typical felt... trailer music. I'm getting kind of sick of trailers nowadays, actually. I sure am, too. Um, All righty. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. I, not it's not, my it's not horrible. No, uh, no. It could uh, be good. There, there were some, you know, the one thing I saw there, it was that he grabs the noose. We never talked about that. In this whole thing, that scene where he grabs that noose, it was mm. part of like a puzzle where he pulled it. You remember pulling it down? That's I, just, I remember saying absolutely nothing about that, but that is kind of one of the more iconic visuals you're of right, the game. You're right. <laughs> we failed. We failed in our analysis. I'm sorry. Everybody. Sorry about that. <laughs> but this is the end of our Silent Hill 2 analysis. I mean, it's
1: obvious what that means, so I don't know, but it was a thing. So at least at one point he did contemplate suicide and yeah. then didn't do
0: it. That, so, that was another one of the uh, reasons why I like the... In water, ending. It's another one of those things leading to the. Oh, I'd never kill myself, but he's actually there to kill himself. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, thanks, everybody. All right. We'll see you again next week with Bioshock. Bioshock. Till then, peace out.